0: is a sinner he answered whether he is a sinner i do not know one thing i do know though i was blind and now i see they said to him what did he do to you how did he open your eyes he answered them i have told you already and you would not listen why do you want to hear it again do you also want to become his disciples and they reviled him saying you are his disciples but we are disciples of moses we know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, why this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet you open my eyes. Yet he opened my eyes. We do not, we know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God, he does his will. God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and he, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see, and those who may see become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, are you also blind? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you see, we see your guilt remains.
1: Lightment of the storm this morning, I, I didn't have my, my mic. So John chapter 9 is this <clears throat> amazing uh, narrative, and it's a detailed narrative. Rarely do you have uh, a narrative about one individual and what happened to one in- individual take this much space, and, and the Bible really wants us to focus on this blind man's healing and, and what God did through him. And we see at the end of the narrative, Jesus says, hey, I've come for judgment, okay? I've come for judgment uh, that uh, those who are blind might receive sight and those who have sight might become blind. And so this, this narrative is all about sight, okay? It's all about seeing. And, and what I want us to look at is that we see a blind man come to see. And, and he begins to see in every possible way, right, physically. But he also, by the end of the story, becomes uh, gains his sight spiritually. And then we have a bunch of Pharisees, a bunch of people that had eyes, but they could not see. They could not see. And then, of course, we have Christ who saw perfectly. Y'all for being here today. If uh, hopefully we want not need boats to get home if you do. Uh brother Donnie and Josh have opened up their houses to you to spend the day there. All right, so the first thing I want us to look at is the man himself, the man who was healed of his blindness a blind man that came to see his lord the first thing we see is that we're going to see as the narrative goes on this man becomes more and more confident in who jesus is the first thing he says he answered when they ask of course the crowd begins to say okay something's up this guy that was always blind is now seeing so what's the deal man and and he said hey the man called jesus the man called Jesus, he healed me, and he told him the story of, of, uh, of how he had healed him. And so at the beginning, the man just says, hey, it's a man called, it's the man called Jesus. So at this point, his, his testimony is, is pretty basic. Hey, this man named Jesus did an amazing thing for me. So they decide to continue the investigation, and the reason, and what they do to continue the investigation is to take him to the pharisees i don't know what their heart in this was i don't know if they're working you know with the pharisees or if it's just hey the pharisees are the authorities the 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 pharisees are our spiritual authority let's go see what they have to say about this craziness that's happened and so again he he tells the story again okay mud uh jesus mud on my eyes went washed i received sight and so he He tells it again. And so they ask him, point blank, uh, in verse 17, what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. The more he thinks about it, the more that Jesus' stature begins to grow in his mind, right? Like, why wouldn't he? He healed his blindness. No, he was no longer a man that just named Jesus. He was, I guess I'll go with a prophet. He's a prophet. He's got power. The prophets in the Old Testament sometimes displayed power, so maybe he's a prophet. So as they continue to, to balk at believing, they're looking for any possible way. Let's, let's just figure this thing out. Let's try to disprove this. And so they decide, hey, let's, let's make sure this is the guy, right? And so let's go get his parents. Let's just make sure this isn't some look-alike, make sure this isn't a doppelganger. Let's go get his parents and let's see what they have to say. And so they confess. They say, yes, absolutely, that is our son. And then they begin to, to ask them, hey, why don't you make testimony about Jesus? And they say, no, you ask him. He's old enough to defend himself, and so... Uh, so you tell and we we know from the text that they that they really were scared. They they really were wanting to praise Jesus and talk about how wonderful Jesus was, but they were they were afraid. They knew that they would be cast out if they confessed anything good about Jesus. So they said, "Go. You'll get the son. He can talk talk to you about it again." And so he's called before them once again. And he begins to say, "This is a man of God." His testimony just begins to get deep. This is a man from God. So they uh, they say to the man, "Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner." Talk about leading the witness, right? Like that's what they just said. Hey, we all know that he's a sinner. Why don't you just tell us? You admit that he's a sinner, and we can all go home man this is this is a man that just healed this guy of blindness he's always had a man who has lived in absolute darkness and they're warning him hey they're wanting him hey say something bad about him, discredit him it's like i can't i'm not going to discredit a guy that just healed my blindness So he says in verse 25, he answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know that though I was blind, now I see. So he says, guys, you're starting with what you don't know. I haven't haven't followed the guy around all his life. I don't know whether or not he's a sinner. I don't know whether or not he's done some bad things. But what I can tell you is is the fact that I do know is that I was blind this morning and now I see. So let's start with this amazing truth that we all know to be true. And they said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I've told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? This guy's getting on fire here. This guy, his parents might have been scared, but he's told this story several times now. He's sitting there with seeing eyes, and he's not going to have it. He's not going to be bullied by the intimidation of the Pharisees. And so he says, I've already told you. I've already told you multiple times about Jesus, the mud, and, and i watched and i received the sight how many times do i have to tell you and then he says do you also want to become his disciples okay this is called sarcasm folks like this guy is is tired of it and he's he's actually taunting them hey why do you want to know all these details do y'all want to become his disciples And they reviled him, it says in verse 28, saying, you are his disciple, but we are, his, this, we are the disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not where, know where he comes from. And so they say, oh, we don't know where this guy is from. And the, his reply in verse 30, the, the blind man's reply is, the man answered, why, is, why this is an amazing thing. Man, this is just the nicest way for this man to possibly say, how can you guys be this dumb? This is an, I am amazed and shocked by your stupidity here. He says, you do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has, has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a, blind, of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. He says, let's look at the evidence. It's me. Exhibit A, this morning, darkness. Right now, how many fingers are you holding up? Hold up your fingers. I'll tell you how many fingers you're holding up. That's all you need to know, to know that this man is special and you cannot continue to discount him. You can't do it. And so, of course, in their pride, they cast him out. They refuse to listen to him anymore. We see his eyes further opened by Jesus himself. We see him, uh, he saw that the Son, he saw the Son of God, his Lord. There's a beautiful picture of this man that that was cast out, and Jesus goes and finds them, uh, finds him. It says in verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. You know, there are some encounters in Scripture of Jesus with people, and we kind of just assume, right, that they became believers. Uh, We maybe don't have absolute closure, but it's like, yeah, they probably believed and came to know Christ. There's no doubt here. There's no doubt in the testimony of this man that this man in this moment his eyes are fully open spiritually and he knows this is the Son of God and he believes and worships Him. Folks, this is our great privilege to meet people in their suffering and to see their eyes slowly open. Maybe at the beginning they see uh, Jesus was just a man or Maybe they come to see, well, you know, he had some good things to say. He was a prophet. But just to continue to see their eyes open until one day they say, He is is the Son of Man. He is Lord. And they worship Him. This is our privilege. This is the mission of our church to see people in El Dorado have this kind of experience. And that's what we should be seeking: is to see people's eyes around us opened. We can't open their eyes, but their eyes will never be opened till they receive the gospel, and we can give them the gospel. And let us be a church that is engaged in that. And then we see lots of men with eyes that don't see, that do not see. In this story of a man healed of his blindness, we see a lot of folks remain in their blindness and even become more blind. First of all, we see some disciples that couldn't see past assumptions to see opportunity. And well, we, we know the disciples were believers, we, or, or all but one of them was, and we know that they believed in Jesus, but we know that there was a learning curve, that they it took time for them to kind of understand how the world worked and we see we see this in their question concerning the man's blindness it says in verse two and his disciples asked him rabbi who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind you see there was this understanding that that all suffering was connected to personal sin we can go back to the oldest book of the bible job and and that's what happened to Job, right? Job was, Job was judged because he was a righteous man, right? He was tested because he was righteous. He was a good guy. He was a, a man that believed God. And what, is his, what do his friends come by? And they sat with him for a while, which was awesome, until they started opening up their mouths. And what did they do? They accused Job of sin. They say things like uh, Job 22, verse 5, Is not your evil abundant? There is no end to your iniquities. Good friends, right? Because there's this, there's this we feel this need in suffering to try, kind of let God off the hook and hey, put the blame on the person. And the disciples were, were having trouble finding the why to this guy's suffering. I mean the man was blind from birth so they're like if he's blind from birth he could not if it couldn't be a result of his sin because he wasn't born yet and then the question is so was it from his parents sin which doesn't really feel just because a parent sin, he didn't sin, his parents sin so why should he receive the punishment so there was this big question about why this suffering in this man's life what was the sin that caused it the reality is is that suffering comes to us for different reasons folks sometimes it is our choices sometimes we make bad choices sinful choices and because of that we suffer sometimes someone else sins against us or does a sin and because of their sin we go through suffering and then sometimes it's just because of sin in general, because we live in a fallen world, right? Cancer comes into our lives, not because necessarily because of the direct sin of someone, but just because we live in a world where cancer exists because it's fallen. The most important question should not be, why is this person suffering? But why, rather, what can I do give grace to this sufferer we will see in a bit that that's just what jesus does right jesus looks at it and says so the works of god might be known that's why this man is the way he is it's an opportunity for god to work we see a crowd that couldn't see past an unbelief to see a miracle after jesus makes spit out of the mud pie and the and and put in the man's eyes, he he receives a sight. Obviously, the crowd is amazed by this because I mean, this was a blind man, so he had very few options in life, especially in this day, in this in this time of life, in this time of the world. There weren't weren't many options. You could sit at the gates and sit in public places and hold out your cup and hope someone has mercy on you, and so. He was likely a person that they all knew that they saw often. And then suddenly he's walking around with his sight. It was so spectacular that the crowd divided. Some of them said, no, it's just got to be a guy that looks like him. And others said, I know what the guy looks like, and that's him. And the guy keeps saying, it's me. Like, I am, I'm the blind guy. Or i was the blind guy now i'm not the blind guy but instead of believing instead of going to find jesus they take him to the pharisees you know what they should have done they should have immediately said okay we got to find this jesus we've got to find this jesus because my our eyes have seen something that we have never seen before let's go see what this jesus has to offer us But instead, they go to the Pharisees. We know they would had been better served going and finding in their belief and finding Jesus. We see Pharisees who couldn't see past the law to see grace. It says in verse thirteen and fourteen, they brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Now, if you're, you've been following our series the entire time, you're like, Sabbath again? Another healing on the Sabbath? Like, this is why they keep Jesus keeps getting in trouble. It's like, is he doing this on purpose? Just to stir up trouble? And once again, their, their response is typical in verse 16. Some of the Pharisees said, the man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. So right back in chapter 5, we have the the man who was Jesus healed picked up his mat. And so it became a huge fiasco that, that Jesus just continued to deal with in his entire ministry. And he tries to explain to them, look, the Sabbath exists for man, not man for the Sabbath. And that was Jesus' teaching. And, and the Sabbath is for good works. And so Jesus, it's like, they just couldn't see that this is an amazing, wonderful thing. A blind man made whole. And instead, they say, Oh, he broke the law. The Pharisees were men who could not see past the law to see the graciousness of God. When Jesus is defending his Sabbath healing back in chapter 7, he says, Judge with right judgment, look and perceive. And these pharisees could not see past the law to see the grace that jesus was there to give but make no mistake there were those who were seeing right verse 16 but others said how can a man who is a sinner do such things Uh, and there was a division among them there were some of them that this miracle was just too far for them not to believe They said something is up about this jesus but many just remained in their disbelief. We see Pharisees who couldn't see past their pride to see a Savior. The former blind man lays out for them a very plain, just logical description of this is why you can't look away anymore. This is why you can't deny anymore that this man is from God. He lays it out for them, and it says in verse 34 so they answered him you were born in utter sin and would you teach us and they cast him out you know, they open this, this story opens with with people questioning hey this guy's blind so he's got to have sin and so that's what these men these men go back to is that hey you're a sinner and you were born in sin because you were born blind get out of our presence we don't want to listen to you anymore so jesus jesus has said this for judgment i came into this world that those who do not see may see and those who see may become blind some of the pharisees near him heard these things and said to them are we also blind and jesus said to them if you were blind you would have no have no guilt but now that you say we see your guilt remains and here's what jesus means here he says the fact that you just go on pretending like you're not blind is the reason you're not going to be able to receive the cure. Until you believe that I am blind and I need help, he said you're not going to get it. You know, the person that, that just keeps showing signs and signs of cancer and they refuse to go to the doctor, what's going to happen? They're, they're never going to receive healing. They're never going to receive treatment because they're not acknowledging their condition. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Because you are not acknowledging your blindness. Because you think that you see and your guilt's going to remain on you. Don't let pride keep you from the Savior. From seeing the Savior. Then we see uh, in this story a Savior who sees all. A savior who sees perfectly. He saw a man, first of all, or better yet, he saw a person. It says in verse 9, as he passed by, in, in, in verse 1, as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. I mean, notice that this, the first thing that, that happens in this chapter that's all about sight and is all about seeing is that Jesus saw an individual. He, see, he sees him so much that his, his disciples see him. They notice that Jesus is fixated on this, this blind beggar here. And so they begin to ask questions about him. Over the last several chapters, Jesus has he's been dealing in crowds, right? He's been multitude of the feeding, after the feeding of the, of the fish and loaves and And then he's been dealing with uh, people at a festival uh, in Jerusalem. And so he's been dealing with crowds but he's getting down to what man he loves to do and that is to see and minister to the individual. To see the person. To heal them of their physical ailments or better yet their spiritual ailments. And we see that Jesus heals this man of both. He and His Father and all of heaven share, they share in this great love of the individual. Luke 15 teaches this well, right? Verse 7, Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner, one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Verse 10 just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Folks, I want you to think about something. The joy of heaven is not over just over the huge conference or the huge rally where hundreds come to know Christ, although that's wonderful. Know that any of us who would bring one into the kingdom through proclaiming the gospel, there's absolute joy, and we are operating like Jesus operated in seeing the individual. So, never underestimate the joy you can bring in heaven by bringing in that one person that so desperately needs grace in their suffering. Second, we see that Jesus not only saw the man, he saw the opportunity. While this, the disciples saw in this man a theological question, Jesus sees an opportunity for God's work, for God's grace. As Jesus answers them, if, uh, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Jesus saw this man's need as an opportunity for god to display to be displayed in his grace sometimes i think in people's suffering we can get caught in analysis paralysis right i wonder why they got into this suffering i wonder why they're suffering i wonder if it was nature or nurture that brought them to this suffering Was it because they didn't have an involved father or mother? I wonder if their poverty was caused by their addiction, or I wonder if their addiction was caused by their poverty. I wonder if they should have picked a different major in school so they could get a job and not be in poverty and not be suffering. Instead of asking whether someone's suffering is their fault or someone else's fault. Why not ask yourself, is there anything that I can do to give grace to this suffering person? That should be the question on our hearts. How can I get the good news of the gospel to this person? Could it be in seeing someone suffering is, is God's call to us to love and to care for them, and to give them Jesus. And thirdly, he saw not just a man and not just opportunity, but he saw a worshiper. verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, right? So Jesus was not finished with this man, because as as amazing as his physical healing was, there was a deeper healing that Jesus sought to bring to this man's life. And he wanted to bring to him a healing of his spiritual blindness. It says, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he goes on to say, I'm Him. He calls Him Lord and He worships Him. This is the heart of the mission. It was salvation for His sins. Yeah, Jesus loved working miracles and healing people. But what He was there to do was to see people delivered from their sin. That's why He would die. That's why He would lay down His life on the cross because it was bigger than just physical blindness. It was bigger than spiritual lame or or being physically lame. It was about the plague of every human heart, and that is the plague of sin and its consequences. And that was Jesus's mission. Do you see do you see with those kind of eyes? You see in your life a mission to see people made into worshipers of God. In conclusion, I want to say, I want to ask, are you blind? I mean, this is probably the all-stars here because we braved the storm. But I think maybe even this all-star group of faithful church members, we all, you all need to ask yourself, am I blind? Have I truly had my eyes opened to my need for a Savior? Don't be like the Pharisees who were content in their blindness or didn't see their blindness, but would you turn to Christ so that your eyes would be open this morning? And then Christian, ask yourself, do you see in the suffering of others the opportunity for God to work through you? The people at work that are having marriage problems, the people... At your school, that are having problems at home with their parents, the the people that you're uh, in your family that just found out they have cancer, is it's an opportunity for God's grace to be displayed. The cracking of people's life that's that's where the grace of God can get in. If we would be serious and see the opportunity as Jesus saw the opportunity of god's grace i'm gonna ask our musicians to come and i will uh, lead us in a word of prayer please stand dearly father god god if there's anyone here who is blind god i pray that you would help them to see this morning that You would lift up the veil that's covered their eyes to see the beauty and the glory of Jesus Christ. God, there are things in our life that we see wrongly. God, I pray that you would give us the correct sight to see things the way you see them. God, give us eyes to see the the suffering around us the hurting around us and give us the courage to move into action to love those people to care for those people no matter what they did or someone else did or what they didn't do to get in the situation god help us to be people to see see an opportunity to pour god's grace into others god move in our hearts this morning God, help us put on our hearts the suffering around us that so desperately needs our attention and our love and most of all, your glorious gospel. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.